everyone. This is Irvin with the District 3 Podcast. This is episode 133. Uh, and joining me as co-host is... Maribel! Maribel is back. Yay! Yay! Maribel is back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're recording currently from the, QA, the KUAF studios in Fayetteville. Our yeah. first time. So if you hear that the audio is a little bit crispier... That's why. This is my real voice, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we're joined today by a friend and the current um, candidate that's running as a Democrat for governor of Arkansas, Dr. Chris Jones. Thank you for joining us, Chris. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. We thanks. finally made it happen. I know. We've been, We've been talking about it for a while, buddy. Yeah, uh, we made it happen. But you showed up today early yeah. in the morning, so I'm really glad that you're here. Um, and uh, we have a lot to talk about. Yes. I think, and I mentioned this off air, you have one of the most impressive resumes that I've seen uh, mm -hmm. for a candidate just in general, not even just governor, but just um, as a candidate in general. So I definitely want to touch on that. But mm -hmm. first of all, um, let's talk about where you're from. Yeah. What's your or or origin story? My origin story, oh, oh. man, I, I love it. So it, it was funny you, you start there because... Now, I've traveled in a, a lot of different places around the country, um, around the globe, and I always lead with, I'm Chris Jones, and I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Because <laughs> I need people to know yeah. that I'm from Pine Bluff. Right. Look, I grew up in very humble upbringing, um, fighting grasshoppers, riding dirt bikes, and eating honeysuckle. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and, and, and it was wonderful. And it was so wonderful because not only that, but we had a community. Mm. Like, people worked together, they cried together, they ate together, and I always felt surrounded and supported by that love and that community, and a lot of that's around family. Now, I have the benefit um, of being a seventh-generation Arkansan. Yeah. So my folks were here over 200 years ago, before Oof. Arkansas was a state. Oof. Um, and and I, I believe that long history of being in the state really allowed for so many connections, mm -hmm. which is where I felt like wherever I went in Arkansas felt like home. Um, but, but Pine Bluff was the core in the center. Um, Watson Chapel graduate, played football, ran track, and I always had a, uh, a passion for science. And I'll, I can talk more about that later, but it was a passion for science and a, and a spark that happened when I was eight years old that, that led me on my journey to college, grad school, and then back here for politics. And you attended several different uh, <laughs> secondary did. education institutions. Can you talk about that? Yeah. One of them being Morehouse, right? Yes, Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so, uh, you know, I, and I'll go back and tell you the, the, the origin story of that as well. At, by the age of eight, after having watched Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and heard his speeches, I was inspired by him. Mm. And so I, I knew I was going to go to an, an HBCU, Historically Black College University, because I grew up in a historically yeah. back college university town, UAPB. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know where. And so I was inspired by King and said, hey, I actually want to go to Morehouse. Also at eight was the year of the Challenger accident. Oh. Right. And I was in the third grade, and I remember it. You weren't born yet, Mighty Bell, so don't. Oh, I no, know, no, no. I, 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 I was. What year was that? That was 86. Oh, I was totally born. Yeah. <laughs> I was an old enough to remember. Irving wasn't born. Irving looks super young. Yeah, I know. But I'm not. She I love you. <laughs> She's young too. I am. I am. I, I am. I am. But I wasn't yes. born. I, I wasn't born yet. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't rub it in, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like we three. We do that. <laughs> See? Yeah. So I was in the third grade okay. and eight years old. But that year we studied the Challenger and we mm -hmm. studied NASA and we learned about Krista McCullough and we learned about Ron McNair. Mm. And so I was inspired by Ron McNair to want to become an astronaut mm -hmm. and to want to go to MIT and get a PhD in physics. 
and and it's these these ins- these moments of inspiration that we have as children mm-hmm. that adults have to actually protect those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I believe, and I know I'm taking a tangent here, is that I don't think we do enough to protect the moments that children have mm-hmm. uh, because those seeds need space to grow. Uh, my seed had my seeds had space to grow. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'll say, and then I'll talk about the colleges I went to. Um, is that at the age of eight was when my dad took me from Pine Bluff to Little Rock and I bumped in, went to the mall and I bumped into none other than then Governor Bill Clinton. Mm. I was fascinated by the interaction. And so afterwards I said, Dad, well, you know, what does he do? And Dad said, he's the governor. Mm-hmm. I'm eight. I'm like, what's a governor? And he said, well, let's go look it up. And Irving, we had to go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm. It's a series of books. It's a series of books by alphabetical order. Yes. I'm not that young. (laughs) (laughs) It's the physical form of Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was the original Google. There you go. There you go. (laughs) You had to go to the library. The library. Dewey Decimal System. Oh, unless there was like salesmen that would walk around. Right? They would walk around and sell encyclopedias door by door. So we had it. Yeah. And we didn't have the complete set, but we had G. Okay. <laughs> it was expensive. It was. It was very expensive. Yeah, we had the, a U set. Yes. And so I found out that I looked up, pull out G, found out that a governor could solve problems and make a difference in people's lives. And so at eight, I said, I want to come back one day and serve as governor of Arkansas. That's amazing. Mm. That journey, that seed grew into a journey that took me from graduating from Watson Chapel High School to Morehouse College, uh, where I studied physics and math. I uh, got there only on a NASA scholarship. My parents could not afford to send me to college because they already had two kids in college. But I was blessed to have a NASA scholarship, which meant I got to work at NASA. Oof. I couldn't become an astronaut because I can't hear out of my right ear. Mm. But I did actually work under an astronaut, and we built a plasma rocket together. Mm. Now, I say we built it together. It was his <laughs> idea. He was building it. I had one little tiny piece. Yeah. Um, but I then guess. I went to uh, MIT for grad school, um, as, which was always my dream. I studied nuclear engineering there. I got a master's, got a master's in technology and policy. Because I was really going back to this idea of how do you, how do you not only solve problems, but bring the solution to bear. Right. And policy seemed to be the consistent barrier. We can have all kinds of technical solutions, but policy would gotten away. Um, and then my PhD was, so I actually finished my master's, taught high school for a year. Wow. Ninth grade algebra. Oh, yeah, yes. I loved it. My mom's a lifelong educator. Yep. And then I was a dean at MIT for 10 years. Uh, and while I was a dean, um, and it, in this time before then, I met my beautiful wife. Uh, she's a physician, and we met at church in Boston. Mm. She's actually also an Air Force veteran, so she's a combat vet. She served in Afghanistan. Oh, what a queen. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yes. Like, And she's the state medical director for disaster preparedness uh. now. Power yes. couple, power yes. couple. And, power. get this, and she teaches an exercise class. Of course she does. I'm like, how do you do it? Of course she does. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. She yeah. is. And so, we, you know, we're together. I'm a dean, but then I, I always wanted to fulfill my dream of getting a PhD from MIT. Mm-hmm. So while working as a dean, I went back and uh, entered the PhD program in urban planning. And I finished my PhD in urban planning. Uh, interestingly, while there, uh, I, I ended up leaving MIT and running a nonprofit which you may have heard of, the Dudley Street Neighborhood Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Boston. It's okay. one of the, it's the first and I think only uh, community-based organization to receive the power of eminent domain. Wow. And then we can talk about that story next time I come on, but mm-hmm. 50% of the land was vacant. They took back the land. They created greenhouses, schools. I worked mm-hmm. with them. When I got there, we and did the Promised Neighborhoods Grant and really focused on 
education from cradle to career. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was always in my heart was coming back home. So yeah. after I finished my PhD, the very next year we were back home in Arkansas. Nice. And I ran the innovation hub and uh, started moving towards where we are now. I was going to ask you about the yeah. Innovation Hub. Can, for those that don't know, can, can you uh, give a little more info about what you all do there? Yeah. Or what you did there? Yeah, because I, yeah, I left last year right before I launched the uh, campaign. The Arkansas Regional Innovation Hub is Arkansas's first makerspace. It is like a big playhouse. Mm. It's so cool. I think I've seen it from outside. I've never oh been in Oh, my goodness. You've got to go. Mm. 3D printers, laser cutters, wood shop welding, screen printing, drones, virtual reality, um, and what's beautiful about it is the mission is to provide the tools and training necessary for our Kansans to be leaders in the 21st century. And it's focused on both education and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So it supports education from two years old, literally we had kids two years old learning coding, to 82 years old. Okay. Literally we had 82-year-old retirees learning welding. I love it. And the idea is that you bring them all together you teach these skills and then provide access to the resources for them to turn their ideas into reality, reality. and their reality into businesses. So that's what the Innovation Hub does. And we, we were the first. We actually helped to start Innovation Hubs around the country. We did a 30-day pop-up here, which you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so we came to, you know, the, the one of the challenges is... There, is that where you met Max? That's... Um, the, you did... You, Maxie? You, yeah, you did a, uh, a video for the campaign yes. with him. Yes. Okay. Um, so Maxi from Maxi Dominguez. Yes. Maxi and I knew each other at the Innovation Hub. Okay. Um, we brought him on to, to help run the mobile makerspace, which is another cool thing where we basically put the Innovation Hub on wheels because not everybody can get to Central Arkansas. Yeah. So we went to the most rural and remote areas with all these tools, and we helped to train folks. And what we did was we came to Springdale. Yeah, I remember that. And we spent 30 days mm-hmm. because there's so many folks with great ideas yeah. and they just need a little seed of support. So we were like, why don't we do a pop-up for 30 days? Um, we, would, we, do, we did training in Spanish and Marshallese. Woo! Mm. And so you came and you took courses on how to set up an Etsy shop, how to you know, structure your business, but also how, how, to, you know, how to operate a drone how to do screen printing. We did all of that for 30 days in a pop-up, and it was phenomenal. Worked with Daniel Hintz on there, Maxie mm-hmm. was the one that was here, uh, Maxie and Shannon Anderson. Mm-hmm. It was great. Those are the kinds of things that the Innovation Hub does uh, and continues to do, and it's an exciting place. I miss it, but we're it on a journey nice. now. It's, and and going, going back a little bit, yeah. going back to your parents, both yeah. of them preachers, right? Both are ministers, yeah. How, how, does, how do you think that influenced the way you view the world? Because I feel like you're... You're very imaginative. You're you're very forward thinking. Uh, you th- you have like a belief where you can get things done, and you really believe in yourself. But mm-hmm. I and I feel like that comes from how you were raised by yeah. your by your preacher or, or minister parents. Yeah, yeah. So my um, I'm, I am a preacher's kid twice over. <laughs> and, um, so lot lots of time in church. Mm. Um, you know, I, when you provide folks with a foundation and a safety net early on it gives you the freedom to fail. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I, I never felt like failing meant I was a failure. Yeah. Well, let me say it differently. I probably felt like that early on, and my parents drilled in us. Mm-hmm. Like, you are supposed to fail. Right. That doesn't mean that you're not still uniquely created by God to do something special. Mm. I think we're all 
geniuses. And I, I, my, my parents had us believe that we're all geniuses. Mm-hmm. The, the key is helping folks discover what their genius is. Yes. You know, far too often we point everybody in three directions. And when 90% of the folks fail in those three directions, we say they're failures. Yeah. No, everyone doesn't need to be pointed in three directions. Everyone has a unique purpose on this earth. And so that's what was instilled in us. And this, dis, this disassociation between what I do and who I am. I am who I am regardless. Mm. Now, what I do should reflect who I am, but at the times when it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm less than. That, I think that's what gave me then the, the space to be able to actually explore, mm. because exploration means failure. Right, Oof. and that's how you grow. That's how you grow. You can't grow unless you fail. Yep, that's right. So. Yeah, I definitely felt that whenever you mentioned uh, being raised, you know, by two ministry folks, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's got to have some sort of positive impact on, oh, on you and how you just, the confidence, you know, yeah. the belief in yourself. But yeah, that whole safety net thing is, is super yeah. important to mention. Yeah. And, you know, I think about the, the explicit, for, at least for my parents, right? They, they were very clear in their values and beliefs. And they were very clear in us always challenging everything so that we could be clear in our own values and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for them, it was about laying out a, a really strong value foundation. Mm-hmm. And my life's trajectory has, has been about affirming that, mm-hmm. understanding that, and internalizing it and making it personal and making it my own. And so now, if you look at our campaign, when we, before we launched, we list it out, and we have it on our website. We have it in our offices, our values. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, every one of those values ties back to a scripture. But for others, it doesn't have to. Right. And we have, so we have our values, we have our beliefs, and we have our behaviors. So anytime we're violating the behaviors, we have to then go back and see what value we're violating. Mm-hmm. And if we're violating that value, then we either need to adjust or folks need to leave. Because right. mm-hmm. what you can't do is violate the value. Yeah. How has your experience been so far running uh, for this office um, as the Democratic candidate in regards to how people treat you? Yeah. Just because I know I had a lot to say myself whenever I ran of of just how I was treated. There was a balance of good, balance of of bad. Um, And I just want to know what your experience has been so far. You know, it's um, it's been great. Mm. Like I'm I'm having a blast. That's good. Um, I, I generally. I generally try to hear the words that people say, but try to see what's behind those words. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't necessarily mean see with my physical eyes. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people say things, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about the, when folks come with the negative stuff. Yeah. Like there, there's something else behind that that's motivating it. Like you don't know me well enough to come out that angry. And I actually don't get that a lot. I haven't seen nothing. Right, like you know, which is weird because you usually see something. You see, but you've been like pretty good at at uh, just yeah. doing a good job. I don't know. I, I usually see something. There has to be some <laughs> sort of scandal Somebody, or something. Yeah, right? There are a couple people out there that something try to say something. You posted on Facebook. You yeah. know, you know, but really, a lot of it. Um, what I found is that when you engage people authentically and respectfully, yeah, then it just sets up a dynamic where where it's it's generally more positive. Mm. Now, and and when I've had what feels like it'll be a negative interaction, I try to give people space to do that. Because like, mm. I don't know 
all that you've been through prior to the moment that we were interacting with each other. You don't know all that I've been through prior to the moment that mm-hmm. we're interacting with each other. So I have to give grace. Yeah. Because it may have been something that happened two weeks ago mm-hmm. that is triggering you right now. Mm-hmm. That is causing you to come at me like this. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It could be the gas prices. It could be the gas prices. <laughs> you know right. what I'm it could be that your wife is angry at you or your yeah. husband is mad. You know, yeah. anything. Your kids are, I have three girls, 13, 9, and 5. Like, Yep. I talked to my wife last night about one of our children. Mm-hmm. Like, you just never know which one is going to go <laughs> the wild side. Yeah. And, and that's life. Um, and I, I think far too often, one, we try to make our politicians and candidates perfect. Right. And I think our politicians and candidates try to project perfection. Yes. I'm like, let's embrace it. So we, our very first national interview very first day, on the day we announced, we were on MSNBC, and the sign on the wall fell down. Mm. Like, while we were on live TV. Oh, wow. Like, it happens. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, nobody, no one's perfect. And so you deal with it, you adjust, and you keep on moving. I think that's, that, I believe that's why our reception is so well. We've traveled yeah. to all 75 counties, um, including places like Harrison. Yeah. Was that? It was phenomenal. Okay. Now let me tell you what happened in there. Did you go? Did you go? How about how about zinc? Did you did you pass by zinc? I, we passed by zinc. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 waiting. You know, I actually almost went to zinc uh, for an event, but I had a conflict. I'm gonna go there. Harrison has a bad rep, but it's not. It's bad. It's not bad at I've all. I've been there. Yeah. So we we um we held we were doing in our first walk um not a walk mile our first tour mm-hmm. we're on our second tour now um, and folks can find out more about it at chrisforgovernor.com chrisforgovernor.com but on our first tour, we reserved a room, probably about half the size of this room. So we figured we'd get a half a dozen people in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm walking up. It's about lunchtime, and the restaurant's packed, probably like maybe 40, 50 people in there. So I'm thinking I'll, I'll shimmy my way to the back. I'll mm-hmm. kind of wave at a couple folks. Because like, I'm a black man yes. in Harrison yes. running as a Democrat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Based on the, the narrative, not only should I not be invited, but it should be hostile. Mm-hmm. I walked in the restaurant, and we got a standing ovation. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there for us. Wow. That's cool. Because, just like you said, the, the reputation that they have mm-hmm. is not the same as what the lived experience on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's what we found as we traveled all across the state. Um, and what's been affirming is that a lot of times places have this big reputation. Mm-hmm. You have to go there and experience things with them, and you'll see that particularly when it's a negative reputation, including my hometown of Pine Bluff, mm-hmm. which there, there's a lot of negative stereotypes about my hometown of Pine Bluff. I know. That's why I was surprised when you said you're from Pine yeah, Bluff, see, and I was like, oh, really? Right. But it's a phenomenal place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think communities across the state are just so outstanding, mm-hmm. and, and when you see neighbors working with each other, uh, and you see, commu- you see a broader community. Yeah. Now, of course, there are exceptions, mm-hmm. and of course, there are folks in places that have big megaphones, right. and of yeah. course, there are people that need to be locked up mm-hmm. uh, because of their behavior. But that's not the overwhelming majority. Yeah, and and I always find even with the folks, let's say for the for the folks that are you know Trump supporters and mm-hmm. and uh, conservatives in general, um, I've had a very 
uh, different experiences where sometimes where I sit down with these folks because yeah. of life, you know, I don't have the time to sit down with everybody. I don't right. have the energy to do that. And it's not my responsibility right. to try to change everybody's heart. But whenever life puts me in front of someone and I have a conversation with them just about my values, why mm-hmm. I believe things the way I certainly believe them, uh, there seems to be common ground. There. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, when they understand a little bit about where you're coming from and then you kind of understand, maybe not agree with their viewpoints, but understand why they got to that viewpoint. That's right. Like what made them, was it... Were they raised poor? Were yeah. they were they just raised by conservative folks? Do they live in a conservative community where they don't know anything beyond That's that? Right. That's right. You have to really like take a step back and, and and say, you know, don't get necessarily offended by what the person says, but just understand how their viewpoints yeah. got there. What? Which is exactly goes back to the point yeah. of what you were saying. We don't know where you know their experience, what they had. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could say I had a really traumatic experience in Harrison, mm. and like I crunch any time I have to drive by any of yeah. those counties. Yeah. It's it's yeah. you know. But I'm an adult now, so you know, and it's been years since that happened. Um, so I I might just I mean I don't know what there is to do in Harrison. Well, I just drive <laughs> by there <laughs> and, and kind of duck. And then me and you know that I mean we've had bad experiences oh, in Springdale. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Like you know, <laughs> but, you know, one one we cannot minimize the experiences that people have. Absolutely, yeah. like that that there are real bad experiences. It, like, there are places in Arkansas that were sundown towns. Yeah, yep. where if you look like us, mm-hmm. yes. then you, we, we better not be, get caught with the yes. sundown. And we try to concentrate it. And I think I think it helps people's psyche when you try to concentrate and say, well, that city over there is bad. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when, and this city over here is it's just all good and welcoming and warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, in fact, there are people everywhere. Yes. And even in a Springdale, even <laughs> in a Little Rock or Bentonville, oh, yeah. There are folks who, like, come on, you need to stop. There's, and there's even, there's folks, you know, the same way that people in NWA might view Pine Bluff or Little Rock. Yeah. There's folks in Fayetteville and West Fork that view Springdale the same way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, we, yeah. but us being here and, and being in community and seeing, you know, what, what Dr. Jones said about community coming together and yeah. just working together, like, that's... It, what, what their viewpoints are not living in the city are That's way right. different from what we see on a day-to-day yeah. basis. That's right. right? And, and it's, it's just something that I used to be the guy that would be in the news articles on Facebook just defending Springdale when someone would say, oh, it's getting dangerous. It's not what it was back like in the 1980s before immigrants got <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're trying to say. That's, yeah. what, they're <laughs> That's, yeah. That's yeah. what they're trying to say. But um, 72% of the vote you yeah, got man. in the Democratic primary. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Uh, humbled. And, and honored, you know, because um, I've always believed in you know, our faith, hope, and hard work, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, and, and, and you don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm asking folks to give me a very valuable thing that they have, which is their vote. Yeah. Um, and to show up in a primary. And to too. show up in a primary. And in mm-hmm. Arkansas. Yeah. To declare that you want a democratic ballot in the primaries, first of all, like you said, to show up, that takes effort. Yeah. Because um, it's not the, the general election. But then to declare publicly, I want a democratic ballot. Um, and to vote for someone who has never held a political office. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and made history, too. First and made history. African American democratic governor candidate. That's in right. Our state's history. In That's 2022. right. 2022. Yeah. Well, wow. That's true. 
Hey. We, we celebrate the history. It's, yes. It's crazy that we're so behind, but I'm grateful, yeah. I'm grateful that we're here. We're, there you we're go. moving forward. You know, and, and it, it is truly a historic moment. It it's really truly a historic and I'm and I'm and that's why I say I'm humbled. I'm humbled because I also know it's not about me. Mm-hmm. This is about all of us. And this is about the future that we can create together. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so I'm thankful for having done that. It did take a lot of work. Um, it took a lot of, of long nights and early mornings and strategy and pounding the pavement and hitting all 75 counties and going wow. to some of them multiple times. Um, the good thing is that I love hard work. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I've, I have five degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have three from, you know, the number one engineering institution in the world. But it's not because I'm any smarter than anyone else. Uh, well. It's because it, it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. You know, I, and, I, and I'm willing to work hard. And I think it's that... That hard work got us to over 70% in a primary with mm. four other people in the primary. Wow. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm like, let's go. And that's the hard work that we want to bring to Arkansas. I hadn't looked at the percentage yet, and I looked that up this morning. Yeah, you did. I was like, maybe 54%. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw the landslide. I was like, 72%. Wow. The people that, have yeah. spoken. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but I think it also goes back to the fact of, representation. I know I always yeah. talk about this, but it's so important it because is. like if you can see someone that looks like yep. you, it the inspiration behind yep. it is amazing. So you're not only in, you know, running for governor, but you have the experience of being that person that was mm-hmm. like in a classroom mm-hmm. with other mm-hmm. students that looked at you and be like, "Okay." And yep. now to see you doing this and, you know, for your students, like how do you, like how does that make you feel? Because you were a teacher yeah. in front of those students, and now those students are probably going to go out and vote for you yeah. because of that positive impact that you had in their lives. So how does that make you feel? I mean, to your point about representation is key. Yes. Um, and, in fact, I wouldn't be here. If I hadn't seen myself in Ron McNair, mm-hmm. then like, would I have thought that I could be an astronaut? Mm. Um, so taking the time to open up and share with others matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, representation matters a lot. Even when I go back home now and and I talk to the kids of my friends and, and we're able to say like, hey, here, here's the journey that I've taken. Mm-hmm. You could take this journey also. Yeah. Um, that, that certainly fills my heart. Just yesterday, we were doing the walk in Rogers. You know, there were a lot of kids there. Mm. And the conversations, and that's what I love spending time, having conversations with kids. I talked to a kid in, um, in Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that I was a physicist. Mm. A little black kid. Yeah. He wanted to be, get this, a theoretical physicist. Wow. 11 years old. Nice. Right. So we had a 10-minute conversation <laughs> about, and it wasn't about, all about physics. Yeah. It was mainly about making sure he knew that regardless of the barriers that come, if yeah. that's your dream, go for it. Right. Run through the barriers, jump over the barriers, go around the barriers, mm-hmm. because if, don't let go of your dream, because there will be so many things that will try to stop you and smother your dream. Definitely. To me, that's the, the value. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I believe that the experience I had with him will stay with him for a while. Absolutely. I may never see the fruit of that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. Right. We still have to plant the seed and water the seed. What, what are some of the cool interactions you've had on social media with 
people you look up to, celebrities. I see you. I saw you got like a, a Star Wars. Yeah. Can, can yeah, you talk Mark about Hamill. that? Mark yeah. Hamill from Star Wars uh, retweeted your campaign yeah. announcement. Yeah. Super cool. Any 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 favorite interactions you've had so far? Um. Well, that that one certainly is way up there. You're a Star Wars fan. I am. I am a Star Wars fan. Well, I, obviously, yeah. right? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if you saw. Um, we uh we had a, a video right before the primary called Skywalker. Mm. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I am a Star Wars fan. Um, George Taki oh. posted about us, which mm. was you know because you know, space yeah. science. Like I, I love that. Um, you know, for me though, I, I certainly love the celebrities. That's pretty cool. The the bigger thing is when folks that don't have a name. Mm-hmm. A quote, and I'm using air quotes for folks who can't see. For you don't have a name, mm-hmm. um, you aren't popular, mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of followers, mm-hmm. but you're saying, "I believe in this campaign. Yeah. I believe in what Chris is talking about. I believe in the importance of spreading PB and J across the state, preschool broadband, and jobs." Like when when they show up and and they're willing to put themselves out there, yeah. because here's the deal: it's it is using your social capital. When you put yourself out there and say, I, I believe in this person over here. Yeah. It's particularly if you haven't met that person. So for Mark Hamill, which is phenomenal, for Bradley Whitford, who played Josh on West Wing, mm. it's great if they do that. You know, For Holly Robinson Pete to post something, that's phenomenal. But they have a ton of social capital. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen if, if somebody doesn't like me and it comes at them? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. But when you get uh, the average Jane and Joe mm-hmm. that doesn't have all those followers, like they're really putting way more at risk. Right. Yeah. And particularly when they say, hey, not only me, but my kids are on board with this. And when you get an 80-year-old woman who says, you're my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh. An 80-year-old white woman. Yeah. Why? Because people see beyond color. Mm-hmm. And and I and again I know this isn't about me, but it's about the values and the things that we're pushing. Yeah. So to say you're my hero, that to me is bigger. Means more than even though I love the Mark Hamill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're allowed here. to love both. You can do both. I can do both. Yes, you I can, can do totally both. Do All both. right, let's I, do yeah. both. I saw you Those post. Are, I saw yeah. you posted on Instagram, so you, I was like, you like he, uh, must be, he must be proud of that. I am yeah. proud. Yeah. Of that. Right. I think it's, as you should. We'll That's we'll a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, so you won the primary. Now you're heading into the actual general election in November. One of the things that you talk about is that you say that this state is not a red state. That's right. It's an it's a non-voting state. That's right. Yes. So can you touch a little bit more about that and what you mean? Absolutely. Um, so for a series of reasons, mm-hmm. from voter suppression, you know, reducing polling locations, mm-hmm. telling people their vote doesn't matter, mm-hmm. um, actually looking at folks and saying, are you sure you want to pull the Democratic ballot? No. Or not providing space for people to leave work to go and vote, all those things, that reduces the voting population. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that reduces the voting population, I actually think, is a rational choice. So if if I keep coming at you saying, "Hey, Irvin, can we go out on a date? Hey, Irvin, can we go out on a date? Can we go out?" On a, and you continue to ignore me, 
then at some point I'm going to say, well, I'm going to stop asking. Mm-hmm. So if I keep showing up and voting, and regardless, my life condition doesn't change. Talk to a guy in Louisville. His name is Jim. And he, Louisville, South Arkansas, Lafayette County, he had a plaid cutoff shirt, hat on, looked like the kind of guy that I should probably just kind of keep walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, I tapped him on the shoulder and said, how's it going? I'm Chris Jones. I'm running for governor. And he said, he looked at me strange and he said, hello. And within about 30 seconds, he said, look, man, I just want my asphalt fixed. Mm. I'm tired of running over roads that are broken and beaten down and nobody's fixing them. Yeah. Period. So we chatted for a little bit longer. I talked to him about the B and PB&J, which is connected to infrastructure, and then was able to connect him with some local folks. It's like, thank you. Thank you. And you got my support. So far too often, people don't see their life condition change. And as a result, in Arkansas, that leads us to to being 50th in voter registration and 50th in voter turnout. We have 3 million people in our state and in the presidential election, one million Arkansans stayed home, and they could have voted. That's more people than voted than than everyone who voted in the last gubernatorial, mm. was about eight hundred and some thousand. Wow! So people are staying home for those reasons I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and our job now is to make sure the people who show up all the time are mm-hmm. stay motivated, but then go after the folks who, for various reasons, are staying home. That's why I say it's not a red state. It's a non-voting state Mm -hmm. because those folks aren't voting. And what we need now are folks to vote because at the end of the day, the legislatures, the governor, the representatives across the board, up and down the ballot, they're making decisions that affect our lives. Mm -hmm. And our life condition needs some changing. I do want to touch on your opponent. Yeah. Uh, your Republican opponent is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, yep. former press secretary mm-hmm. of the Donald Trump administration. Yeah, think she'll come on your show? Uh, <laughs> what you was that? I think, think I she'll will. come on your show. You I should invite will. her. I'll send an invite. I'm not sure if she'll there you want go. There to, you go. but <laughs> if, she's, if she realizes I'm involved. But um, how, how do you feel about one thing that I've been seeing on social media is that she does a lot of fundraising out of state. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem to me like she's here enough. Right. Well, I just see her, most of her posts are Florida, yep. Texas, all yep. these different places. But, but you're here working uh, mm-hmm. and you're talking to people, but then you see her just going out and just getting so much money. Yep. Um, which I'm, I haven't checked to see how much she's fundraised so far, but I'm guessing she it's has a lot, a lot, it's a lot, lot of money. Lot. How, how does that make you feel, and how do you how do you uh, feel that you can overcome that? Yeah. Well, a, a couple things. One, I still believe that hard work beats that mm-hmm. every day. Um, at the end of the day, if we keep working hard and we keep showing up and we keep talking to folks and we keep engaging people from the subway, literally the subway restaurant where we registered four voters last weekend that were judged, three of them had just turned 18. Um, if we keep showing up in in Four City, in Mariana, in Goul, in Stamps, in Wabasika, in Huntsville, in you know we Jasper, we keep showing up everywhere. Yeah. Then I believe that's that's the winning formula, regardless of the Trump troves of money that she has. Now, uh, we certainly need money to run the race. 
Yeah. Like you, you need money to get your name out. You need money to get on, on air. Uh, and we're raising money. I, here's my issue. I don't have a problem with where the money comes from, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, you know, that's fine. I like, do, but you yeah, don't. Well, I know, yeah, yeah, you, that, that's fine. You, like, look. I'm sure that's what he brought it up. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, and let, me, let me tell you why. Because like, the reason I say that is because, look, if, um, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders is listening mm. and you would like to donate to the Chris Jones campaign, you can go to chrisforgovernor.com <laughs> yeah. and donate. I will take her money mm. because I don't, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Here's where it matters. Mm. It matters, number one, what strings are attached to that money. Yeah. Right? So if you're spending so much time in D.C., Mm-hmm. And you're spending so much time in Florida, and your money's coming from folks who have kind of shady connections anyway. Mm-hmm. Then, then what's the cost to Arkansas? How much are you selling Arkansas for? If that's where you're spending all your time. Yeah. The other part of it is, is how are you using that money? Right? To, are you are you using it for the benefit of Arkansans, or again, is it going to kickbacks for people? who have a big hotel, so mm-hmm. let me have my event at their hotel yeah. and write them a check. Like, I, and that, that, to me, is the very, 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 very concerning part of it mm-hmm. because not only is she spending a lot of time there mm-hmm. and raising money, which means we don't know what those connections are and what strings are attached and how much it's costing Arkansas, how much she's selling Arkansas for. Mm-hmm. But we also don't have an opportunity to ask her. You know, I joked about her not coming on your show, mm-hmm. and you, you know, she might not because of our association. Mm-hmm. But that's for any show. Right. Like there, there are conservative shows yeah. that she's not showing up for. And that, that's a role that comes with being a politician. Yes. You're not going to, you know, be interviewed by, you know, people that see right. the same as you or think the same exactly. as you. And that's the beauty of it, because when you get two points of view is where we grow. You know, we, grow. We, yeah. we meet each other. But her just avoiding everything, everything. and not really showing up like that kind of shows you like, do we really want somebody that's not going to show up for Arkansas or do we want someone who is here, who yeah. has been here, who right. grassroots, who has done all this for their community, and yet you want to do more. Yeah. Yeah. You want to yeah. do more. So that speaks very highly of well, you. Well, good. Good. And, and, you know, and I think you're exactly right. Um, I've run multiple businesses. I've hired and fired a ton of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and there hasn't been a time when I've hired someone where they haven't had to go through a job interview. Yeah. This is a job interview. Right, mm-hmm. well, I'm asking right. you all to to allow me to work for you. Mm-hmm. Like you you will become my boss, yeah. and and you all have interviewed before. You don't let you don't have someone to just come in and say, "All right, well." I mean, there's a lot I'm of taking perks. a job. There's a lot of perks getting paid a really good salary, living in a mansion. Right, right, right. You right? would think that we'd interview the person. You would <laughs> think that your tax dollars will be paying for yeah. the housing. Yeah. Among other things, right? So, so the issue is, if in a job interview, which this is, mm-hmm. how can you go through a job interview and not be willing to answer questions? Mm-hmm. Yes. And if, if just in case someone hasn't made up their mind yeah. after listening to this interview, which I would think that they would after. Yeah, like you have my vote. We're, so. we're, Thank you. We're 39 minutes in. We would think that someone would make up their <laughs> mind. But in case they haven't, any, any final words that you would like to give to folks that haven't made up their mind on who they're going to be voting for, for governor, and why should they choose uh, Dr. Chris Jones? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. 
Um, our pleasure. Our pleasure, awesome. yeah. I'd love to come back. Definitely. Um, they can find out, folks can find out about our policies. They're out there uh, at chrisforgovernor.com, chrisforgovernor.com. You can, folks can lean in and support and volunteer and donate. Um, and I really love how we put our things out there because they're not out there for us to only say, this is the, the in-stone law. It also is about you all giving us feedback. Right. If there if there are ways that it could be better, mm-hmm. um, so now when I when you ask the question of 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 what else they can know, and I just want folks to know that I deeply love Arkansas. Uh, my family's been here for seven generations, and I want Arkansas. I want to create an Arkansas that seven generations from now we can all be proud of, mm-hmm. where my gu- my girls will love it as much as I do. Mm. So, and I know we can do it together. Word. Hey, well, thank you for making the time to be here. I know you have a crazy schedule. You have yeah. to dip right away, and I appreciate you making the time. Of course. Uh, and we look forward to seeing everything else that you do on social media and in communities that people sometimes seem to forget. That's right. Um, but that's the end of the episode this yeah. week. Oh. Thank that, you. This for was being great. Here. It was really nice getting to know you because yeah. I've heard of you. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's just nice to get to know you, like, on a personal level. That's right, and, that's right. you know, we can all find some things to relate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why you um, are polling so high and have, like, so many votes. Because, yeah. you know, in some shape, way, or form, we can relate right. to something. And that's the right. fact that you have this love for Arkansas, like, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. We need somebody that represents us that loves the state that loves yes. us and not only that you are representing like the population mm. you know yeah, so it's yeah. so nice to be able to have a a, a body that represents the community yeah. like what mm-hmm. we really have here which is diversity that's right so yeah. you know kudos thank to you. you thank you and that's the end of episode 133 of the district 3 podcast we'll catch you all next week <laughs>